Well, good evening. Good to see everybody. I just got back in from Memphis, so uh, glad to be here tonight. I couldn't get things recorded in time to do uh, the message video-wise, so I just tried to get here as quickly as I could. That's a little more than a four-hour drive from Memphis, so uh, and I got off the interstate. I can stand the interstate. It's so hectic on the interstate, so I took 64 back, and that was much better, much better. Uh, let me just encourage you uh, to go to our Facebook page. Uh, there's where we're going to be uh, receiving any of your prayer requests for tonight or any of your updates. So be sure that you do that. Uh, and um, we'll also be there on the others with our live streaming with Facebook, with YouTube, uh, with Twitter, uh, with all those different platforms, as well as the phone live streaming. Uh, but that's where we'll be watching for uh, the, the prayer requests that you may have. Uh, also want to encourage you to go to our church website uh, on our church website at HighlandBaptistChurch.com. Uh, if you'll go under the info tab there, uh, you can find our worship bulletin for this week. There's lots of upcoming activities. The holidays seem to always be overloaded with all kinds of things, so be sure to get one of those uh, downloaded. Uh, if you're there at home, if you're here in person, be sure to grab one of those uh, from the windowsills also. And then we also have our children's worship bulletins uh, that also are there, so just want to encourage you to get those uh, under the info tab there uh, also. And so uh, if you'll uh, also find there under the info tab, you'll find our prayer list. Uh, so you'll want to get that downloaded so you can follow along with our prayer requests uh, for tonight. And while you're there on the church website, go to the far right-hand side, click the Give Online tab there. Uh, you can do your online giving. I encourage you to do that even in person. The envelopes are in front of you there in the pews. I think there's still a few pink ones left for the golden offering for Tennessee missions. Um, and... Uh, We'll be sharing more about that with uh, where we finished the year uh, at TBC with the goal there. And just so thank you so much for your giving for that. But you can designate there online for either one of those uh, or both at the same time. So be sure uh, to take the time to do that. Uh, again, get that prayer list downloaded. And then also uh, you'll be able to uh, follow along with us there and give us any prayer requests that you may have on Facebook. Brother Mike, if you'll come. Let's sing 518 tonight, shall we gather at the river? 518. Is that great? <clears throat> <clears throat> shall we gather at the river where bright angel feet have trod? With its crystal tide forever flowing by the throne of God. Yes, we'll gather at the river, the beautiful, the beautiful river. Gather with the saints at the river that flows by the throne of God. On the margin of the river, up its silver spray, we will walk and worship ever on the happy golden day. Yes, we'll gather at the river, the beautiful, the beautiful river, gather with the saints at the river that flows by the throne. 
Hopefully you had a chance there to get your prayer list uh, downloaded. I am on Facebook with my phone there so that I can see uh, where you may make a request there. And get my pen out. Um, and so as you, if you're here in person and you need one of those, they're down here at the front. If somebody comes in, make sure. Uh, they get one. Uh, there's a few things that we do want to mention in the way of some announcements too. Uh, don't forget that we do have the cards down here for Miss Rosalie Moore. We want to get those back uh, as soon as possible if you want to bring them to the church for us to send, but you can send them uh, yourself. You can even provide your own card if you want. These already have uh, the address on them. I'm not sure if there's any in that one, but there's some in this one over here to my right. Uh, so be sure to get you one of those. Uh, also, don't forget that Operation Christmas Child shoe boxes are being collected uh, too, and next week will be, uh, Monday will be the, the day that they're loading them onto the truck. And so if you want to come and help, please let us know that so we can plan on you being here. There's a sign-up sheet uh, down the hall on the missions board, uh, so be sure to do that. We need anybody who can uh, to help with that. And so uh, there'll be a lot, of, uh, up, a lot of things coming up like that that we've uh, got need for. If you've not signed up to go with us to the processing center in Atlanta, uh, please be sure to do that also. We've only got a few slots left, and we have opened it up uh, to some other churches and I would say in the next couple of days, maybe by the first of the week, we should have all of those slots filled from uh, the other church if you don't get your name on uh, before we let them know how many. Uh, there was something else I needed to make sure. Uh, just be sure to bring your shoe boxes back if you're collecting one. If you need one, uh, there are some boxes on this side. I'm not sure if there are on that side, but they are on this side. The little cards are there that you can put your name, put the name of it's a boy or a girl, check what age. Uh, and then there's also a separate sheet beside them uh, that gives you some ideas of what uh, to bring for those, what to fill those boxes with. Um, I really don't have a whole lot uh, to share other than uh, there's um, several that have had, it seemed like when we had our deacons meeting, everybody we were mentioning for prayer requests uh, was going to be having an epidural uh, and because of back issues or such as that. Uh, so they, I believe they all have had those or are having the last one tomorrow. 
uh, but Mark Raymond was one of those, Diane Tatum uh, was another, and then Jack Doubt uh, also. All three of those were this week, and so keep those in your prayers. Uh, Rick German, when I spoke to him on Sunday, he was doing better with his rehab, so we praise the Lord for that. Uh, but do want to continue to keep him in your prayers uh, with all the needs that he may have there. And then I did notice, uh, I believe it was yesterday maybe, or day before, uh, that Mary Alice Hood, uh, the Hood's baby, came home uh, from the NICU there. And so we're just praising the Lord for that. Uh, things seem to be going really well. And then the other update that I need to give to you is on the far, on the right-hand side, the, the uh, family of Laura Curtis. Uh, she passed away. Uh, she was the wife of the, uh, the pastor at Liberty Baptist. We've been praying for her for some time. She is in danger of losing her hand and her arm, and she did pass away. She was 39 years old uh, and uh, passed away on Monday uh, w there at home. Uh, the service, uh, the funeral services, uh, the visitation is going to be 5 to 9 on Friday uh, down at Liberty Baptist, and the funeral service will be at 1 on Saturday at Liberty and uh, just pray for her husband. Uh, he is actually gonna be doing the service, Jason is. And so I don't know that I could do that, but that's just pray for him as he uh, does that service. So any other updates or any other prayer requests, if you have any updates online, please be sure to share those. I don't see any online, any here. If you can't get to Facebook to do that, you can always send those to our, our email at Highland Baptist, uh, Highland Baptist, at, Highland at gmail.com or uh, Highland Baptist at cafes.net. Either one of those you can send them to. Uh, Ms. Raymond? Okay, and so for those of you listening online, that was Steve Maybe, or you say it Maybe? Maybe, okay. Um, he got a good report from his uh, follow-ups there from his cancer treatments, and so he's gonna be, uh, has some more visits that he's gotta make with the doctor on that, but we just praise the Lord for the good reports that he is getting. Any others? I didn't check to see, or have we got volume online? All right, well, let's go to the Lord in prayer then for these prayer requests, and then we'll get into our, our Bible study for tonight. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, for who you are, for your grace and your mercy and your loving kindness. Thank you for your presence with us tonight, uh, even though uh, we are sinful creatures, you still continue to show your grace and your mercy and your love towards us. And we just thank you, God, for uh, always caring for us when we don't always see the things that you're doing. Lord, we praise your name for your protection and for your provisions uh, over us. Father, we pray that you'll continue to sustain us uh, in the days ahead and give us, Lord, in our hearts peace 
uh, as we press forward into all that you have for us. Uh, sometimes, Lord, life can seem overwhelming with all the things we have going on, and, and especially as we enter into the holiday seasons, uh, things can get really hectic. And so, Lord, I pray that through all of the things that we'll be going through in the next few weeks, uh, with Thanksgiving next week, with uh, Christmas coming around the corner, Father, that we would be sure to not neglect our relationship with you. And Father, I pray that when we, if we do uh, slide away from that, uh, Lord, I pray that you will uh, just convict us in our hearts. Uh, help us, Lord, to know that we need to get back to where we need to be and to repent of our sin. And Father, we just pray that you will pour out your spirit upon us. Lord, send a great sweeping revival across your church, uh, across our lives. Uh, Lord, let it begin with us. And we pray that that revival will spread across the nation. Uh, Father, we just pray that uh, you will hear our prayers tonight as we come before you. We confess any sin. We don't want anything to hinder our prayers uh, on behalf of individuals that we're praying for on this prayer list. And so, Father, we just pray that uh, you will forgive us and cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you will uh, stir our hearts, uh, re-stir re and rekindle the flame uh, of fire within us. And Lord, we just pray that uh, you will be with each one of these that we mentioned tonight and many others who are on our list, others who may be on our hearts, other unspoken needs. Uh, Lord, we just uplift all of those things to you. And Lord, we know that uh, more than just the physical needs, there are many times spiritual needs here. And so we just pray, God, for, for you to pour out your grace upon each one of these people uh, because we know that your grace is sufficient for all of our needs and we know they need your grace and they need your mercy. And so, Father, we just pray that you'll provide the answer for each one of these needs. Uh, there's nothing that's too big for you to handle, nothing too small or insignificant for you to care about. And so, Father, I pray that you will just embrace each one of these people in your love and your mercy. And, Lord, may you answer each and every one of these needs, whether it's a physical need uh, or, most importantly, the spiritual needs uh, for those who are saved, uh, that they will be renewed in their faith with you uh, and walk closer to you than ever before. For those, Lord, who may not know Christ as their Lord and Savior, we pray that the things that they're going through, uh, Lord, will convict their hearts and bring them to that place uh, of salvation. And Lord, I pray that uh, you will just be with us tonight uh, as we enter into your word. May your word be alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, but may it be also, Lord, like a, like a salve, like a balm, like a medicine, if you will, for our hearts, that in the midst of the despair of this world all around us, we will find joy in the victory that we ultimately will have in heaven with you. And so, Father, I pray that you will lead us and guide us and bless us tonight in your word. And Lord, we just ask that your word will go forth and not return void. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen and amen. Well, take your Bibles, if you will, and turn to Revelation, Revelation chapter 22. I want to get a bottle of water there, but I don't want the hand sanitizer. <laughs> I don't want to drink that. <laughs> All right. Well, we are in the last chapter uh, tonight, and what a blessing. 
that we find here in Revelation chapter 22 and verse 1 down through verse 5. Uh, John has been taking us, if you will, uh, on a tour of this New Jerusalem. We talked about the New Jerusalem last week. Uh, kind of got just a tad of a glimpse into what we're going to look at tonight in these five verses. Uh, but what a revelation this must have been to this man. I mean, think about where he's at. He's on the island of Patmos. He's up in age at this point uh, in, in prison there on the island of Patmos. Uh, he's in a cave, uh, not in, a, not in the, the, the federal penitentiary where uh, you get all the luxuries at. Uh, he's in a cave that is, that is dingy and, and drab and, and wet, and uh, there are uh, guards who are there all the time. He's on an island which separates him from the mainland, which separates him from all of his loved ones and all of the other churches, uh, all of his friends. And in the midst of all of that, God opens up the heavens and gives him this vision uh, of our future, this place that we call heaven. And that's what we've been looking at all through the book of Revelation. So if you've not uh, been here with us through all the book of Revelation, I'd encourage you to go back and watch those videos. Easiest place to do that is on YouTube. Uh, you can go back to YouTube and you can just watch any Wednesday night there. All those are on Revelation and you can go back to the beginning of the year just about when we began uh, this study in the book of Revelation. And so as we've seen though, he has given us a beautiful description so far of this city. I mean, remember, he's already told us that the, the streets are gold, the wall is jasper, and even in that jasper, there's all kinds of different uh, jewels that are in that. And so you can just imagine uh, when the light of God is shining on those things, because there is no need of the sun anymore, the moon or the stars, uh, God is the light uh, in heaven. And so because he is the light, you can just imagine the sparkling splendor uh, that that is there in heaven. Uh, and so when we get to Revelation 22, he's just kind of, if you will, putting the finishing touches uh, on this vision, on this description, on this picture. And it's as if John is saying to us and to all of God's people through the ages, I know that you're living in a weary, worn out world. I know that there are times when you're going to get tired. Uh, you're going to feel like all your energy has been sapped. Uh, you're, just, you're just ready to lay down and quit. Uh, and, and he, in the midst of that and in the midst of the tribulation that John is experiencing, it, he, he says, and John tells us from God, he paints us a beautiful picture of our future home, and he's saying, let me just not only paint this picture before your eyes, let me impress it upon your heart. So along the way, when you get weary, and along the way, when you feel a little bit down, he's saying kind of pull that picture out, if you will. Open this scripture uh, and begin to see uh, this beautiful place uh, to which one of these days you're going to go to. And when you're in heaven, uh, you might not mean quite as much, uh, it might not mean quite as much to you uh, when you're young uh, as when you get older. Uh, the older you get, heaven means a whole lot more. Uh, the, the further along you get, the closer you get, uh, the more meaningful heaven becomes. Uh, it seems like the younger you are, that's just not always in the forefront of your mind. You think you've got plenty of time. Uh, to live. But what a beautiful place this heaven is. So John describes this beautiful city 
on the inside around this street. And so uh, we're going to get into verse 1 and verse 2 in just a moment, but he's already told us a little bit about that street when we read in Revelation 21, 21 about it. That was a golden street there. Uh, it's going to be a street of pure gold, and because it's going to be a pure gold, not an 18-karat gold or a 24-karat gold, but 100% uh, gold, it's going to be so translucent and transparent it's going to look like glass. And so the Bible tells us that there's going to be this main street, if you will, uh, a street of pure gold. And if you know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, one of these days you're going to walk those streets of gold, that main street. And so I, I want to take you on this walk with John and tell you some more of the things that the Bible says about heaven. The first thing we notice in these opening verses is that heaven is going to be a place of completion, a place of completion. Because when you look at these verses and you begin to read them, you're immediately reminded of some previous statements that we read in the Bible. So let's begin here, if you will, with verse 1 and verse 2. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, brightest crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 fruit, kinds of fruits, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. We'll come back to that verse in just a moment. Uh, but here in, here in this verse, when you read verse 1 there, he shows us this river of the water of life flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Well, when you see that picture, as we said, it reminds you of uh, some previous statements in the Bible. You can't help but notice the parallels in, these, in this first verse between what we find here in heaven and what you find in the beginning of the Bible in the book of Genesis. Because Genesis begins the Bible, it's the beginning of God's revelation, and the book of Revelation concludes the Bible. It's the completion of God's revelation. So in these verses, you read about this river of water of life, and you read about a tree of life, and you're reminded of what took place in the Garden of Eden and how God's Word describes that. So what we have now is this completion, if you will, or returning. So I want to take you back to the Garden of Eden. The Bible tells us that mankind started in a garden. Mankind is going to conclude uh, in a garden. It's a city, uh, the New Jerusalem, but it's also described uh, like a beautiful, beautiful garden. Uh, you see everything uh, that was lost when Adam and Eve sinned against God in the Garden of Eden is going to be restored when we get to heaven. So when Jesus died on the cross, think about that, the work of our Savior on the cross restored for us everything that sin lost for us in the Garden of Eden. So now we're told that heaven is going to be this place of completion. So God is taking us to this beautiful main street, and you notice he mentions the river, he mentions a tree. Uh, first of all, heaven is going to be the place uh, where there will be this beautiful river, as we read there in verse 1. But I want you to turn back to Genesis 2, Genesis 2 and verse 10. Genesis 2 and verse 10, because the Bible tells us there that there was also a river in the Garden of Eden. In Genesis 2, verse 10, it says, A river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and there it divided and became four 
rivers. In other words, it was divided into four tributaries there. Uh, so we know that in the Garden of Eden, there's this magnificent river. When you look over to Ezekiel, uh, in Ezekiel chapter 47, uh, you won't see a specific verse that I'm going to mention here, but the whole chapter there uh, has a vision. Ezekiel has a vision of the millennial river during the millennium when the temple uh, is going to be constructed. Uh, Ezekiel says that he sees a stream of water flowing out from the temple. That stream of water, uh, he goes on to tell in that vision in Ezekiel 47, uh, it begins when he, when he sees the depth of of it, uh, it tells us that it was ankle deep, and then he steps a little bit further, and it's knee deep, and then he steps a little bit further, and it's hip deep, and then it becomes waters to swim in. I'd encourage you to go back and, and read that whole chapter and spend some time studying those verses, Ezekiel 47, uh, because it, this river, it came from the temple of God, and it's going to flow all the way, uh, Ezekiel says, down to the Dead Sea. And so you see that picture of the river there in Ezekiel's uh, foretelling of what was going to happen. Now we come to the completion. And so in heaven we're told that there's going to be this beautiful river of life. Even back in the Psalms, in Psalm chapter 46 and verse 4, there's a prediction made about this river. It says, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. That's exactly what this is talking about, the same picture John is seeing in his vision. So evidently, uh, this is a reference to that future river in heaven in Psalm 46 and verse 4. Uh, there's many uh, prophecies that are given to us in the Psalms. In fact, if you'll remember, Jesus quoted many uh, passages in the Psalms, even when he was on the cross, and he says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That was a prophecy from back in the Psalms. And, and so here we see not only a prophecy that would that has some implications there for Jesus uh, in, in his earthly ministry, but ultimately has the picture of the future uh, of the book of Revelation. And, and so this is the future river in heaven. You know, rivers are absolutely important to a city. I was hoping to record uh, before I report, record this message and I'd hope to maybe even be by a river. I was out in uh, Memphis uh, and you've seen the Mississippi. I, I know you have, Jim. <laughs> Drive across the Mississippi and it's a muddy river, isn't it? It's drying up a lot right now uh, with all the droughts that we've had. Uh, but, but it's a muddy, muddy river. It's not something that you'd want to go down and dip a glass in and, and drink that water. Uh, if you go up into the, into the hills and the mountains, though, sometimes, you'll see a spring flowing out of the mountain, and they are, they're pure, crystal clear. Now, sometimes you've got to be careful there, too, because of impurities that might be in those things. But most of the time, if it's that flowing water coming out of the mountain, it's, it's usually many times safe uh, to drink. You know, water is essential for cities, and, and many times cities are established alongside uh, rivers. I know growing up in Florida, uh, I worked in Jacksonville, uh, and the St. John's River, one of, the, one of two rivers in the world uh, that flows north, uh, most all rivers flow south or west uh, or east, uh, but they rarely ever flow north. There's two, one in, I believe it's in Russia is the other one, uh, and then the St. John's River in Florida. Uh, it flows north. I wouldn't want to drink out of the St. John's River uh, either. I've eaten some fish out of the St. John's River, but I wouldn't want to dr drink water out of that. But uh, that the water there, once it's filtered, 
uh, is essential for the city of Jacksonville. You think about Nashville. The Cumberland River goes right through Nashville. When Nashville was established, that's one of the reasons it was established where it was because of the source of water uh, that is there. You know, water is absolutely essential to a city. Uh, there has to be ample water supply uh, if a city is going to thrive and flourish. But unfortunately, as we've seen with many of our rivers today, uh, the impacts of sin in our world because of that, too many of our rivers have become filthy and polluted uh, streams. Uh, but John says, I saw a river of life in heaven. He says it was a pure river of life. There was no pollution uh, there uh, in it. And, and so he gives us that picture. And, and that's why the, the reason why is what we see uh, in verse 3. I'm not sure if I have this verse up there. You maybe have to skip ahead uh, to my second point. But uh, no longer, uh, verse 3 says, no longer will there be any accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. That's why this river is pure in heaven. Why it is crystal clear? Because there's no more curse. There's no more curse of sin and the effects of sin. And so everything you see in terms of filth and pollution in, this, in our natural world is a result of the curse. In Genesis 3 verse 14, after sin came into the Garden of Eden, the Lord spoke to the serpent and told him his penalty. Uh, the Lord spoke to the woman in verse 16 and told the penalty to Adam in verse 17. In the middle of verse 17... The Lord said this, cursed is the ground because of you. So when you see pollution in this world, it's a reminder for us of the curse of sin. But in heaven, there's going to be no more curse because there's not going to be any more sin. There's going to be a pure river of life in heaven. Uh, there won't be any more curse in the natural world. There won't be any more curse in the spiritual world. When you go back, to, when you go to Galatians chapter 3 and verse 10, look at Galatians 3 verse 10 where it discusses that curse. It says, for all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. There are basically only one of two ways people can seek to go to heaven. Uh, you can seek to go to heaven by your own deeds, by what you do, by obeying the law of God. And the other way uh, to, go to, to, to seek to go to heaven is not by what you do, but by what Christ did on the cross of Calvary. Now let me tell you, if you're trying to get there on the works you do, you're never going to get there. And that's why we have to depend on the works that Jesus did because his work was perfect. His work was complete. Uh, he lived a perfect, sinless life. And so if you try to go the way of the law, doing the deeds of the law, the Bible says there you are under the curse. Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things. Now I have some good news for you. Galatians 3 verse 13 says this, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged uh, on a tree. And so think about that. 2,000 years ago, Jesus died on Calvary, and the Bible says that all of our sins, uh, even the sins of the whole world, were laid on Jesus Christ. There in that moment, 
Uh, when Jesus Christ uh, was on that cross, he was made sin for us. And God smashed our sins. God paid the penalty of our sins in the person of his own son, Jesus Christ. And when you come to the Lord Jesus as your Savior, the curse is removed. And one of these days, you're going to go to heaven where there's a pure river of water of life and there'll be no more curse. I want to go to heaven, don't you? And sometimes a river in the Bible is a picture of salvation. If you remember Jesus with the woman at the well, uh, he said to her in, in, uh, in John's gospel, he said, but whoever drinks of the water I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Sometimes water is a picture of salvation and that's what it was a picture for that woman. Sometimes water is a picture of the Holy Spirit. You look at John chapter 7 and verse 37 and 38. Jesus said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. It says that he was speaking about the Holy Spirit, uh, which they would receive. And so sometimes water is a picture of the Holy Spirit. R rivers sometimes are a picture of pleasures. When you look at Psalm 36 and verse 8, it talks about the river of his, ple of his pleasures. Uh, verse, verse 8 of chapter 36 in Psalm says, They feast on the abundance of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your delights or your pleasures. And so rivers are sometimes a picture of pleasures, of God's pleasures, not earthly, worldly pleasures. Sometimes rivers are a picture of prosperity. You look at Psalm chapter 1 and verse 3. Uh, you have that wonderful statement there that says, He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. So rivers are a picture of pleasures. Rivers are a picture of prosperity, of God's pleasures, of God's prosperity. And what Satan tries to do is he tries to imitate what God can provide. He, he tries to imitate his, his own pleasures, and Satan tries to give you his own prosperity. Uh, C.S. Lewis, uh, we've used him and mentioned him before. Uh, he was a great Christian writer. He put it this way. He said, what tr Satan tries to do is to give you an ever-increasing craving for an ever-decreasing pleasure and prosperity. In other words, the pleasures that this world has to offer will never satisfy your soul, will never quench your thirst. The prosperity that you may have in this world is never enough uh, to make your soul rich. But when you come to the Lord Jesus Christ, you drink of the water of life. And when you come to the Lord, you drink of his pleasures. The Bible says in Psalm 16 and verse 11, in your presence there is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So we've seen the picture of Main Street of heaven here, uh, and, and we see this beautiful river of, of the water of life. And he seems, uh, he, he seems something else, and it shows us something else in this passage of completion, as John sees here. He sees in verse 2 the tree 
of life. Now, we've heard about the tree of life when you read your Bible uh, earlier in the Bible, back in Genesis again. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 9. It says, Out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So it says that, that God made every tree to grow that is pleasant to its side, and then he says they were good for food. And then it says that the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You remember what God said to Adam and to Eve in the garden? God said, you can eat of all these trees. I mean, he created all kinds of trees that produced all kinds of fruit. He said, you could eat of all these trees in the garden, but this one. You're not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we know what happened. They disobeyed God. They took the forbidden fruit. And because of that, Notice what God says in Genesis 3 and verse 22. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. In other words, man came to know good, uh, but he was powerless to do it. And he came to know evil, and, and he, was, he had no power to avoid it. And so uh, God said uh, in, in this verse also, he says, Let, now lest he reach out his hand and take uh, also of the tree of life and eat uh, and live forever, he cast them out of the garden. So, so think about it. Why would God forbid them from taking of the tree of life and living forever? Because when they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they had sinned. And so the point is this, they've disobeyed God. So if they were to take of the tree of life at that point, they would have been eternally and perpetually sinners without any remedy or any hope forever and ever. That's why in verse 24, it says, He drove out the man, and at the east of the Garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. So no more could they ever get to this tree of life. They're driven out of the Garden of Eden where the tree of life was. Now think about this. You can study the whole Bible really based around three trees. You can study it based around this tree in the Garden of Eden, which is a reminder of our sin and our need for a Savior. You can study it around the second tree, which is the tree of Calvary. The one that Jesus was crucified on. The Bible says uh, over in Acts and uh, in, in chapter 10 and verse 39, it says they put him to death by hanging him on a tree. Uh, in First in Peter uh, chapter 2 and verse 24, the Bible says he, bore, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. So there's a tree that's planted in essence on, on Golgotha's hill, on Cal, Calvary's hill, and the tree of Calvary uh, there, it was on that tree that our Savior died. So you have the tree in the Garden of Eden, you have the tree on Calvary, and then there's the third tree uh, in the Bible. It's this tree of life that now we see is in heaven. So if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, one of these days you're going to go to heaven and you're going to walk on those streets of gold and the tree of life is also going to be there. There's going to be the river of the water of life and there's going to be the tree of life. That means perpetual, everlasting, eternal life. And so it says that this tree has two primary 
functions. Look again there at Revelation 22 and verse 2. It says in the middle of the street, he took through the middle of the street there of the city and also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nation. So there's two things, two functions there that we're seeing in verse 2 for this tree. One function is for nourishment. It says that it bears 12 manners of fruit and a different fruit every month. Isn't that unbelievable? <laughs> that the tree produces a different fruit every month. Uh, and, and, a, and, and so that means that there's going to be complete uh, satisfaction, complete fulfillment in heaven. You might ask, how's this fruit going to taste? I don't have a clue. The Bible doesn't tell us. Uh, but the delights of heaven are out there in the future. And the thing we know is it's going to be the one, it's going to be one thing that's going to satisfy your soul. It is there for nourishment. But notice the second purpose that's given in the last sentence of verse 2. Where it tells us that the, the second purpose, the second uh, thing here, uh, the second function, if you will. It says these leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. But think about that. You're not ever going to need it because you're in heaven. You're not ever going to get sick. The word healing here is where we get our English word for therapeutic from. It means life-giving, health-giving. So up there in heaven, uh, you're, we're going to come right back to the Garden of Eden, if you will. Uh, we're going to come back to the river of life, to the tree of life. It, heaven is a place of completion. Then John continues on in verse 3, and he tells us that heaven is going to be a place of celebration. It's going to be a place of celebration. So notice three wonderful truths here about when we get to heaven. Truth number one is found there in verse 3, where it says his servants will worship him or serve him. Uh, that's what it's telling us there at the end uh, of that sentence in verse 3. So when we get to heaven, we're going to worship the Lord, and worshiping is, is involving also service. Our service is our act of worship. You know, sometimes we try to serve down here, and sometimes our service down here is imperfect at best. Uh, we deal with the frailties of the flesh. We deal uh, with our sinful natures. But when, when we're served... Uh, when we've served the Lord to the best of our abilities here, the Bible says uh, that we still confess that we are unprofitable servants. In fact, it tells us that, that all, of our, all of our works, all of the good deeds we could do are as filthy rags. It says nothing. And so uh, when we serve the Lord uh, to a perfect level here, uh, is still not complete. Uh, but there, the Bible says in heaven, we're going to serve him. And, and we're going to serve him completely there and perfectly there. But it even gets better when you get to verse 4 because verse 4 says they will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. So get this, you're going to get to see his face. I mean, think about all the other times in the Old Testament especially uh, where they never got to see the face of God. 
Uh, think about uh, Moses who had to hide uh, in the cleft of the rock when the garment passed by. He, he didn't get to see even the face of God. But one day you're going to get to see God face to face. What a powerful verse that is for us. I think this is one of the, the sweetest statements in all of the Bible because we're going to see his face. For a lost person, though, that can be a terrifying thought to see the face of God. If you're lost and you don't know God, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, what a terrifying thought that can be, that face. But think about the fact that one day, those people who blasphemed Jesus today, they're going to see the one they blasphemed face to face. What an awful prospect for those who are lost to realize that when they die, they're going to have to come face to face with the God of this universe. You know, there may be a lot of faces that you're going to want to see in heaven, but the thought that ought to thrill your heart and fill your soul with joy, you're going to get to maybe see family members that have gone on before, friends that have gone on before, but the greatest thought ought to be that one of these days you're going to see your Lord and your Savior, Jesus Christ, face to face. You're going to see him as he is. In the face of Jesus Christ, there will be the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. We'll serve him, we'll see him, and then we'll show him. Notice the last part of verse 4 says there, and his name will be on their foreheads. His name, his uh, symbol that shows that we are his. Uh, it'll be prominent for everyone to see. We will be perfectly then showing Jesus. You know, here in this world, we seek to try to show Jesus to others, but so often the self and the sin gets in the way. And sometimes people see a distorted Jesus. They see a Jesus that's different than what the Bible shows us because our sin muddies the water, if you will. But one day, our, the, the seal of his name is going to be on our foreheads. You know, we're going to have a seal. We'll be sealed by the Lord. Uh, when you get saved already, you're sealed on the inside. But the Bible says that you've, you're sealed by the Holy Spirit. That's an invisible seal. But in heaven, you're going to have a seal that's going to be visible for all. And you're going to show the glory and the majesty of Jesus Christ in your life more than you've ever shown it before. That's why heaven's going to be so much different than it is here. Heaven's going to be a place of completion. It's going to be a place of celebration. But it's also going to be a place of coronation, a place of coronation. You're going to be royalty when you get to heaven. Now, I'll tell you, that's, that's something to wrap around your, your brain right there in your mind, to think that you are going to be royalty in heaven. In fact, you already are. You are, when you become a Christian, you are a part of the royal priesthood, the Bible says. And notice what it says here, though, in verse 5. It says in verse 5, And night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. And so what a picture here of the coronation in heaven. You're going to be royalty when you get to heaven. Jesus is going to be the king in heaven, 
and we're going to crown him King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But you remember back in Revelation in chapter 1, how this whole book started? If you look back in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 6, it says, and he made us a kingdom. If he makes us a kingdom, you have to become royalty to have a kingdom. A kingdom means he's made us kings. In heaven, there's going to be a coronation. You're going to be royalty in heaven. So think about it. You're what does the Bible say you're going to do in heaven? You're going to reign with Christ. We're going to reign in light. Look at verse 5 there again. It says, and night will be no more. Now we've already seen that when you look back to Revelation 21 and verse 25 where it says, and there will be no night there. Uh, we've already been told that there wouldn't be any need for the sun, no need for candle uh, nor light of the sun because the Lord gives them light. Jesus is going to be the light of heaven. Jesus is going to illuminate heaven. We're going to reign in the light with Jesus Christ. No more darkness, no more sin, no more shame. Can you think about how awesome it's going to be when we get to heaven? You're going to not going to need a candle for a light. When we get to heaven, we're not going to need the sun to shine. The Bible says the lamb is going to be the light of it. The Lord God is going to give them light. You know, so many bad things happen in the cover of night. So often there's even sorrow in the night, suffering in the night, heartache in the night that comes into our life. But when you get to heaven, no more night. That's another picture there of no more pain and no more suffering and no more heartache and no more sorrow and no more of those bad things that happen under the cover of darkness. When you get to heaven, no more night. It'll never get dark in heaven. We'll reign in the light. In other words, we're going to also reign in longevity because it says they will reign for how long? Forever and ever. How long is that? Forever and ever. <laughs> That's all it is. Forever and ever. Forever and ever we're going to reign with him. Uh, you know, if you're saved, you're going to come back in the millennium. Revelation 20 verse 6 tells us at the end, they will reign with him for a thousand years during the millennium. Uh, you're going to reign on this earth with Jesus for those thousand years. But know this, that's just a tune-up for what's about to come. When you read there in Revelation 20, now you're over in Revelation 22, and he says it's not just for a thousand years, it's forever and ever that you're going to reign. You're going to reign forever and ever. And so I want you to understand that we're going to serve Jesus Christ. We're going to worship Jesus Christ with all that we are, with every ounce of our breath and every ounce of our life. We're going to worship him and serve him forever and ever and ever. We're going to reign with him forever and ever. We're going to live with him forever and ever. Uh, we've, we, when we've been in heaven 10,000 years, we'll just be begun. That's an awesome verse when you put it in perspective of where we are here. That'll just be one tick, if you will, on the clock in glory. We're going to be there forever and forever and forever. I don't know about you, but I want to be there on the streets of gold to drink from the water of the river of life and to eat from the tree of life. What a day that's going to be. But the only way you can get there is by the way of the cross of Jesus Christ.
You have to go by the way of Jesus because he is the way, the truth, and the life. We're almost there. Just a few more verses to go in Revelation 22. We're almost there in our study, but know this, we're almost there here. Some of us are closer than others in age-wise, but then others, for all of us, we're all closer than we've ever been before to the coming of Jesus again. And so make sure that you're ready. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, then I want to encourage you to trust in him this evening, to call out to him and to acknowledge your sinfulness, that you need Jesus in your heart and in your life. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your blessings Thank you for the picture that John has given us here uh, of the rest of this part of the city, uh, of seeing the river of life that flows from the throne of God. Father, I pray that you will uh, give us uh, that, uh, that, that picture and that image in our hearts uh, that John has painted before us of the, of the river, of the tree of life, uh, Lord, of no more darkness there, so that when, Lord, we are going through the darkness here, when we're going through the discouraging times here, uh, Lord, when life uh, just seems to be pressing in from every side and we sometimes feel like giving up, Lord, help us to pull the picture of heaven back out and to be reminded of what all heaven's going to be, all of its glory, all of its majesty, all of its splendor. It's satisfaction that it's going to give because it's a place that is complete. Uh, Father, I pray that you will help us to understand that and to, and to see that in our hearts and in our lives, Lord, uh, that it would be a place of celebration for us also. Father, I pray that we will uh, just rest in the assurance of the victory that we have in Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray that we will look forward to that day that, that we're going to be crowned, that we're going to receive the rewards you've given to us, but then, Lord, we're going to take those crowns and we're going to lay them at your feet because you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we long for that day to see you face to face. Lord, I pray that those who don't know Christ would call out to him for salvation. And those, Lord, who do know Christ, Lord, we would be renewed in our walk with you to be more faithful than ever before. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. Well, thank you so much for joining with us tonight, especially those of you who are online there. Uh, hope you've had a blessed uh, service here and, and joining with us through the book of Revelation. Uh, as I said, we have one more message. Uh, next Wednesday night, we won't be having uh, service because of Thanksgiving week. Uh, the last week of November, that's when we'll finish up the book of Revelation. So you'll want to be sure to join us then. We will be uh, meeting this Sunday, so come join us at 915 for Sunday school, 1030 for worship. Uh, we're going to be back in the life of Jesus, but you have a blessed week. You stay safe, and we'll see you this coming Sunday.